How did people parent without the internet? I literally have no idea. See, I would have preferred to do it without the internet. Really? I mean, but as in... I would have had to have moved home. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Mum's Group. My name's Ali Barnes. I work in radio and I've got a 15-month-old son called Banjo. Now, before he was born... I listened to a bunch of podcasts about motherhood, labor, parenting, all those sorts of things. But I was always trying to find one that shared the same Christian worldview as I have, because I actually do think that that impacts on some of these topics. And so I've decided to make this podcast. It's for new and expectant mums. And we're going to deep dive on some of the, you know, common baby topics like sleep and uh, navigating post-body image or feeding your baby from milk to solids, but also things like how motherhood impacts on your faith or how faith impacts on motherhood. But this episode, our first episode, I wanted to talk about advice that we all received. I've had some really valuable and helpful words of wisdom That impacted my experience of motherhood in a really positive way. Uh, But sometimes we also have really unhelpful advice given that can really cause us to doubt our instincts. So I've invited my school friend, Lynn Saunders, and my church friend, Beth Brown, and they shared about the advice that impacted their experience of motherhood. I hope you enjoy this first episode. And if you know anyone who uh, is about to become a mom or is a new mom, I'd love you to share it with them. Okay. Here we go. Hi, my name's Lynn Saunders. I have a 16-month-old son called Joey. I work part-time in communications at the church that my family go to, and the rest of the time I'm a mum to Joey. My name is Beth Brown. I have a 15-month-old daughter called Maisie. I'm a registered nurse, and I'm back at work casually about one to two days a week, and the rest of the time I'm hanging out with my little girl. Who's just learned how to say hi? Hi. Do you want to play like, it? Yeah, you play, need to play the audio. Okay, I'm just going to find it. So just chat amongst yourselves. <laughs> Say hi. Hi. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and, and she's so charming. Laugh. She yeah. laughs at herself. Did you guys like people giving you their two cents when you were pregnant? No. I don't really like getting people's two cents in general. <laughs> you want to if figure I, it out yourself? If I ask a question, then I really appreciate people's advice, but I rarely appreciate unsolicited advice. I did because I was conscious that there was a lot of stuff that I could learn from people. I think I just didn't like a lot of the ways that it was presented. There were certain people who were able to say, this is something that worked for me, see how you go. And there were some people who expressed it more like, this is the way it is. Like, this is Mm. the truth. I'm going to impart the truth upon you. For example, I had a few friends who uh, shared very similar advice with me that your baby needs to learn to sleep independently from day one. And that is the most loving thing you can do for your child. So if you um, get to the point where you know that your baby needs to go to sleep, you want to wrap that baby up, you want to put them in their own bed and you want to leave them to learn to fall asleep. If you uh, do anything else, like if you hold the baby or if you rock the baby, you're essentially... um, Feed the baby. Yeah, or feed the baby. Not helping your baby to learn the skill of falling asleep on their own and, you, and you're and you not doing the most loving thing for the child. So 
um, it was quite hardcore advice. Mm. And I remember hearing that and obviously I didn't have any children and it sounded like, okay, yeah, that makes makes complete sense. Um, Babies need to learn to sleep. So if I'm intervening on that process, um, of course I'm not doing the most loving thing. And this person said, if you know that your baby is fed and burped and dry and warm and they're lying in their bed crying, it's just because they're tired. So your baby's lying in bed crying their eyes out because they're tired. And if you go in and intervene in that process of them trying to fall asleep, you're just delaying them learning to sleep. So, I mean, I think even as I say it out loud, I think it still makes sense. It does. You know, like there's something about it that makes sense, sure. But the thing is, it's a a newborn baby. And so the same way that that baby can't change its own nappy and can't feed itself. Or can't walk or can't talk. You know, there are so many things that the baby can't do. Then surely learning to sleep must be something I have to help them with as well. Um, And I think the main thing that really stressed me out was that this person was so adamant that their, that habits were formed from day one mm. um, and that a newborn baby of one day old can be learning these habits. So I'd pop her down and, you know, when she's brand new, perhaps sometimes she'd keep sleeping because babies are very sleepy. But there were times, particularly as she got a little bit older, we're talking, you know, into the two or three month period, where I'd pop her down and she'd cry. And I'd think, okay, now I have to walk away. That's what I have to Shame, do. Beth. You know, um, this person said, you know, put on some music. So you can't hear them. Have a shower. Go out, hang the washing out. Just leave them. They will learn eventually. They will kick and fuss and scream until they finally fall asleep. And, you know, this will take two or three days. And next thing you know, they'll just be a kid who can fall asleep on their own. So I'd put her down and she'd scream and I'd walk away and I'd put, I'd look at my clock and 30 seconds had gone by and I'd start to feel panic rise up in me and I hated the sound of her crying and I just wanted to be close to her and I want to pick her up and every time I picked her up she was fine and then she drift off to sleep happily but I'm like I can't it's not loving her properly and it was just such a stressful time for me because all I wanted to do was pick her up I loved it when she fell asleep on me mm. I had all the time in the world for her I took a year off work for this purpose mm. and here I was putting my baby down and walking away and what was the turning? Was there a turning point? Like when did you when did you go? I'm can't. I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't. Um, yeah, it was far, much further along than I wish I had done. Mm. Um, I think I just got to a point where I just had to block out this person's advice and say, you know what? What do I feel? And what am I okay with? Mm. And you know, there were certain cries that she had where I thought, oh, she's actually not that upset. She is just having a little grizzle, and I yeah. could leave her. But any time the cry lifted a bit more than that. I'm like, that's it. I don't want to hear this. I don't think this is good for my heart, good for her. And I'm just going to do what I need to do to get her to fall asleep. And yeah, like she's 15 months now and she has two massive naps in the day and she sleeps through the night. And I think you just can't take on someone else's system Mm. as gospel and ignore your gut because it's exceptionally stressful. And at the end of the day, the goal of getting a baby to sleep independently from day one is just not it's just not what it's about. No. Don't get sucked into thinking you have to do something that you don't want to do. Yeah, that doesn't sit well and doesn't feel right in the moment. Yeah. But also, like, it's so normal for our babies to fall asleep in our arms or being fed mm. or to wake up a few times But in the also, night. we don't teach them so many other developmental things like Mm. 
from when they're born, it's not like if you don't do X, Y, and Z, your baby's not going to walk. Or if you don't do X, Y, and Z, your baby's not going to talk. Or if you don't do X, Y, and Z from this day, your baby's not going to eat solids. Mm. It's like if you – it's the same with sleep. Like they're going to learn to sleep at some point. You're not going to have a 6-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old who doesn't know how to put themselves to sleep because you carried them or fed them to sleep or whatever it is. Because I had a similar experience with – I don't think anyone specifically said this, but the general – consensus was don't feed your baby to sleep because they're going to be dependent on you same sort of thing and I mean I still do it and it feels good it's fine it's so lovely (laughs) like when he falls asleep in my arms and sometimes I felt guilty like I was creating a rod for my own back or whatever creating all these bad habits that I was gonna have to break down the track and yet, how can something that makes him feel so good, because obviously he's in heaven, <laughs> getting to fall asleep with food in your mouth, <laughs> but it felt good to me. Like, how can that be wrong? And it's just, yeah, such a shame that we don't have that confidence first time round to trust our instincts. But do you think there's something to be said for setting up a pattern now, like early on, that you want your kid to follow? I don't know. My sister always said, if it's not a problem for you, mm. it's not a problem. Yeah. So right now, like you said, I'm on maternity leave as well. And I've chosen to be present for him. And if he needs me through the night, then I want to be there for him. I don't need to use my brain the next day. I can be sleep deprived. Now, in two months time, when I go back to work, it might then be a problem, the constant feeding through the night. And I might, you know, change my approach then. But... Yeah, I think we get so caught up on the future problems we might experience Mm. that we make a problem in the present Mm. that we just don't need to. Mm. Because this person said to me, um, you know, it's it's much harder to relearn something than it is for them to learn it from the beginning. But I think also as they get older, they're much more able to self-consciously learn. Mm. So I have a 16-month-old. He sleeps terribly by kind of the the routine book standard. You know, Mm. he's never slept through the night. He's 16 months old. And we definitely tried a hardcore routine and leaving him to cry for portions of time. And it it broke my heart to hear him because um, I was desperate. I was vulnerable. You take whatever vice you can get. Mm. And, you know, some people try things for a few days and they work and that's great. And then I think they become evangelists for that thing. But I tried routine for two weeks. My mental health plummeted because I'm not kind of a regimented person. He was terrified of going to sleep. Like he would get tired and we would go into his room and I would start doing the getting to sleep things and he would just lose it before we were even. And it took like another month for me to just, give him what I thought he needed to help him get to sleep to get back to a place where he wasn't afraid of sleeping. Mm -hmm. So I think it was like trial and error and me realizing there isn't one way to do it. There's no silver bullet. I need to figure out and my husband needs to figure out and we need to figure out together how we're going to parent in a way that's sustainable, that doesn't force our baby to do things he's not ready to do yet. Totally sustainable is such a good point because if you're not a regimented person and you're being forced to put in this structured 
um, way of doing things, it's you're not going to actually be able to keep up with it because mm-hmm. at some point your personality is going to kick in yeah, and you're just going to slack off. Yeah. It, I just got so stressed trying to keep up with the routine. But I know so many friends who thrived on routine and loved routine and tried a routine on their baby and after three days their baby was doing all these amazing sleep things that they weren't doing before. And so I just thought, oh, I just I haven't got the guts to do it. But mm. I tried it and it was awful. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like my advice would be to take advice with a grain of salt and try stuff. But I got so much bad. I Someone told me that if my baby didn't have long day naps, they would be behind developmentally. They would start missing their milestones, mm. <gasps> which when someone tells you that, you think it's like the loving them thing. You, mm. you think oh my gosh, I don't want my baby to be disadvantaged in some way because I don't have the guts to make them sleep mm. in the way that I that someone else is telling me that they should because Joey's a chronic catnapper. He's 16 months and sleeps for an hour a day. That's his day nap mm. at this age. Okay. Um, very efficient sleeper. Very efficient sleeper. It's <laughs> a lovely way of putting it. Positive. <laughs> Positive. Spin. Once he's sleeping, he does it great. Um, but it... It filled me with fear to think that I was disadvantaging him some way. And looking back on it now, I think I was probably not the most helpful, but also very untrue. He walked at nine and a half months. Yeah, I was going like, to say, Joey's been pretty ahead of the curve yeah, in most areas. <laughs> so I'm like, I I don't know. Don't parent from a position of fear just because you're desperate and vulnerable. Like find people who are going to help increase your confidence mm. rather than only taking advice that makes you feel bad about the way you're doing things. Mm. Where, did, where did most of your advice come from? Was it books that you read or my go-to people are those who are maybe a few months ahead of me? Because mm. if I go and talk to my mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's forgotten everything. She talks about how we all slept through the, the from like, <laughs> when we got home from the hospital. The rose And you changed your own nappies at six months, <laughs> right? <laughs> She's got no clue. And even those who are a few years ahead, they uh, think about other things. So I like to talk to you guys because you just, you know, a step ahead. And so it's all fresh and you get what it's like. So do you go to the books? Do you go to the interwebs? Do you talk to friends who have, you know, one-year-olds as well? Um, Yeah, I really like going to my cousin who's just had a baby. Like I just kept looking for the answers and her approach was just like just keep trying and whatever works roll with that and don't don't overthink it so um she's I guess I go to her because she just makes me feel really good about myself (laughs) 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 not because she actually cheerleader (laughs) you know like there's no real answers you just need someone to say you're doing a great job keep trying if it works keep going you know it's it's interesting to think like we're three Christians and so often we will go to our first point of call, maybe our husbands or mm. friends. And how often do we turn to God in those times? Like it, it for me, it hasn't been a um, a natural reaction. I remember seeing a photo of you like on your knees praying outside Maisie's room. <laughs> I'm assuming you were praying for her to sleep. Or- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just thought during that time, like during the first six months of being a mum, do you just shoot up the prayer like, can you please, please help, let my baby go to sleep? Mm. I don't think I actually 
did that. I'm, oh. I almost thought like God's got bigger things to, <laughs> to deal with than this. We'll, I did not we'll get through. <laughs> God, this is the biggest thing you've got right now. Trust me. <laughs> Your theology is better than mine. <laughs> Um, just all those prayers. I just think of all those mums, you know, those Christian mums shooting up the, the sleep prayers. Like God just must be like, new mum, all right, here we go. Onslaught of sleep prayers coming. <laughs> yeah, that's really where my prayer life was. Just please let us sleep, please let us sleep, please let us sleep. But not much else, to be honest. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like I prayed a lot of sustain me, give me the energy. I don't have enough to give less than the the help him Make sleep yeah which mm. is uh, interesting i don't know i don't know why and ali just didn't pray at all <laughs> thankfully i have wonderful people <laughs> praying, praying for, for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right so was there um particularly helpful advice that you received you know that really shaped your perspective or just how you dealt with different situations I think for me, related to sleep, sorry, sleep is like a really huge theme of our lives, it seems. Mm, for like. a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to motherhood. Go for it. Um, to sleep when the baby sleeps, mm-hmm. um, which I think lots of people tell you and, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then it's really tempting to use the time when your baby's actually sleeping to do something else that you really enjoy. But like we just said. Not even a joy. Like I often find chores. Absolute, chores, right? That's the only time you can actually get totally. a load of washing on or unsack the dishwasher without baby crawling into it. But sleep is greater than chores. <laughs> and, um, and then also. I, I, on that though, I do remember reading like a meme or something on Facebook where they said, you know, um, when your kids move out of home, you're never going to wish that your house was cleaner. Yeah, mm. totally. You know, it's mm. enjoying that precious time. Yeah, them. or having enough energy to enjoy the precious time. Um, and then something else which is related but, like, a little bit – because I think you think, yeah, I'll sleep when the baby's really little, like when they're a newborn and they're waking a million times. And then you're like, I don't have a newborn anymore and they're still waking a million times, was to just stop watching the clock at night. Mm. So stop counting how many times they wake up. Stop, ca- like, taking note of what time it is when they wake up because then you kind of get stressed and anxious and you're like, it's already – 2am and they've woken up 17 times but it was really liberating to just be like they'll wake up and I'll attend to them and it doesn't matter how many times that happens Mm. like I mean it does because you're (laughs) exhausted but the less obsessed you are about it the easier it is I think to just take yeah it's like my husband has one of those sleep trackers so stressful. I, so stressful. I did it one time and I saw that I only got five hours 45. And so that whole day I was so tired. Would I have been tired if I didn't know? I'm not sure. But it became like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Totally. Don't use those. I do remember you saying something um, like you signed up to be a parent 24 hours a day. Yeah. You parent in the day and the night. It's not like your baby's not your baby when it's nighttime. So buck up and... <laughs> Love them. Love them when they need you in the darkness. Mm. And the other really good advice, I think, is there's no silver bullet. This too shall pass. Everything that's tough or rough or difficult, Mm. it's not going to last forever. And also just on that, like, um, often when the baby is going through a difficult patch, that's just because they're learning something new or they're experiencing something new. And so those difficult times, even though they are hard, are actually times to celebrate as well. Mm. Yeah. That's something that someone shared with me. It just If they're grizzly, it's probably because 
you know, they're seeing colours and for the first time and it's just <laughs> exhausting their brain, you know, and, and that's actually something to celebrate. Yeah. And to be excited about that, you're, you know, my baby's actually growing and developing. I remember reading in the Wonder Weeks apps. Do you guys have yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Such great confirmation. <laughs> but it was like um, the sign was in almost every single leap that they'll be more clingy. Yeah. Clinginess think- sleeps badly. Yeah, maybe doesn't eat. Yeah, (laughs) all the bad things, all the hard things. Yeah, but I was like, great, less cleaning up and more cuddles. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Beth, did you compare milestones like where Maisie was at compared to other kids? I I didn't, but other people did. You know, a lot of people say, oh, so she's not doing dot dot dot. Like particularly for Maisie, she um she's 15 months and she still doesn't crawl she just bum shuffles and that took she only started bum shuffling about three weeks ago you know so Mm. she's just been slow to move and a lot of people have sort of looked at that and said oh that so she's sort of delayed and I was like well she'll Mm. move when she needs to yeah Um, (laughs) when she really wants it (laughs) yeah that's right like she's just she's just content and it'll happen but I, I actually found a lot of other people had a lot to say about that yes uh is there any other advice that jumps out of you I think it was good advice. If someone says, do you want to come around and do your washing for you? Sure. You know, you just, it's, it's the gut feeling to say, no, no, I'll sort it. But look, if they're offering to do it, like if someone says, can I make you a meal? Yes, please. You you've, know. D- you've offered a meal to me so many times that I always kind <laughs> of get back. out of it. I know, but I'm like, but you're this new mum with this baby as well. How I are you helping me? I wasn't going to make it. I was going to send Uber Eats over. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, when I was finishing up on the radio show that I produce just before I went on mat leave, we did a phoner and we asked listeners to call in or text in if they had any advice for a new mum. And I remember reading a text and I wrote it down and I think I've sent it to like a thousand other mums or friends who are about to become mums. But it was this, in the tough times, turn your thoughts from have to to get to. Because it's amazing when I get to hang out with my baby at 3am rather than have to get up in the middle of the night you know it just makes you appreciate things more and you know a lot of people don't get the gift of children so you know to have that precious time when we change our language I think it really um, impacts our experience of it sleep helps as well <laughs> it does. language is good but sleep is really good mm, sleep <laughs> helps you get the language right <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> totally even so much of enjoying it is just how you approach it you know you might be doing the same thing one day and love it and the same thing the next day and for some reason it's this real drag but it's just the way you're approaching it mm-hmm. not with thankfulness not with gratitude not with the sense that it's a privilege mm. especially if we take mat leave which most of us do mm. like that's what it's for yes it's for spending time with your baby and being there for them when they're having a hard time like yes of course we all want to sleep through the night and then we will we will one day um but we take leave from our work Mm. um so that we can devote ourselves to this little person in a wholehearted way you know and and so we get to get up to them Mm. because the next day we can nap when they nap and we get to change their nappies because their bowels have started to work (laughs) and they need your help and it's they're so vulnerable and that's a that's a beautiful thing yeah it is I think it's a really interesting reflection on the culture and society that we live in I think that we have really high expectations of babies I don't know it's weird like I think as Christians as well we have this real sense of God being who he is and 
we are who we are and we know that God is greater than who we are. And it's not the same parallel with us and children, but I think we're the adults in these situations. Our babies are babies. They don't Mm. know anything. They are very vulnerable. Mm. They're learning everything every day. This expectation that they should change what they're doing to suit us Mm. versus us figuring out how we can shift our lives to accommodate them. Mm. I don't know. I just, I think that's really struck me that a a lot of mainstream, I don't know, like baby books or professionals, it's all 10 tips on how to get your baby to do what you want your baby to do. To fit in with your life so you don't actually have have to to really change anything. Yeah, and I just think that's just not the model that we have in God as a heavenly father. Like he's so merciful to us. There's so much give that he gives us because he knows that we need him and Mm. I don't know, like I've been really struck by that and I think that's been a helpful perspective for me as well to go instead of obsessing over trying to get my son to do the things he can't or he won't, how can I and me and my husband shape our lives to to work with where our son is at at this moment in time? He's not going to be there forever, but for now, how do we just make life work and how can we do it in a way that we all enjoy it? and don't wish these days away. Mm. So instead of getting continuously frustrated that Banjo keeps pulling the soil out of the pot plant and ripping the leaves, I should just move the pot move plant. Move the pot plant. You can learn. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. Let them eat the bark but do it in a safe way. I don't know, you know. I, sometimes they just won't stop doing the things that drive you crazy but yeah. – they're learning. Yeah, they're exploring. They're discovering. Everything's an exploration. Mm. And it's so exciting. It Everything's is. so exciting for them. Don't quash that. Yeah. I think for me, um, I went along to a mother's group and hated it. Mm. Everyone was talking about routines and self-settling and I was there Two weeks postpartum and just stoked that I was in clothes and out and about. <laughs> and I uh, I remember talking to my sister being like, mm, yeah, mum's group's not for me. I thought it would be this great support group, but actually I just feel really insecure about what I'm doing. Like they're all uh, putting in some tizzy, tizzy sleep. Tizzy hall. Tizzy, tizzy hall, hall, I think they were talking about that day at coffee. And I was like, no. Nah. And she told me to go back. She said, just change days. And give it another go. And I went back and it was just a bunch of women totally winging it. (laughs) And no one knew what they were doing. And they were vulnerable with that. Like I remember one of the girls crying in one of the early weeks, just feeling completely overwhelmed. And that almost gave us all permission to be honest and real. And and from that, I think we send about 4,000 messages on WhatsApp (laughs) a day. It might be someone's having a minor whine or maybe they need some love and support because Bubba's sick or they're going back to work or... Baby just fell off the table again. Uh, <laughs> again. again. Um, but there's also been like the real practical love and support. Like when Banjo was in hospital, I had flowers and cards sent to us. Um, I've had formula dropped into my letterbox when I've run out. We've had friends giving each other lifts when they're stuck in the rain with just the pram. Um, One girl went to work and had forgotten to send formula to daycare and so someone else went to the shops, picked it up and dropped it in. Like it's been this community that I wasn't expecting 
And I think being surrounded by so many local mums, it's helped me dodge the loneliness and the mm. isolation that I think a lot of new mums experience. Um, and, you know, it's also been cool because I work at a Christian radio station and a lot of my friends are my church family. And it's been awesome being with a bunch of women who I can share my faith with. You know, they've got different worldviews and it's been cool to engage in that. But also being able to invite them to our church playgroup or um, Banjo was Jesus in our Christmas nativity. And so being able to invite them to that. Like there's just been some great opportunity. Um, and also that Banjo has friends to play with. Like totally. that's really cool. I know right now he's just like stealing toys out of their mouths or <laughs> gouging eyes, but it's really cool to see him play. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I guess the real takeaway is that it's wonderful to have people in your life who can impart wisdom and surround yourself with those people that you trust and listen to advice but maternal instinct is a god-given instinct totally like he has designed us and our children and placed us together um have confidence that you know what they need and that you've been equipped with everything to meet that need Mm. and then also when we give advice to other people to remember the times that we were really stressed and affected by mm. people giving advice in a way that made you feel like if you didn't do it that way you would get you were failing do it wrong. so we learn as a result also yep when we go to give advice mm. it's just like hey this worked for me it might work for you don't stress if it doesn't mm. yeah well thank you so much for joining us that was our first episode of mum's group uh, if you know someone who's about to have a baby, maybe share this episode with them or or share some of the positive advice that helped you. But uh, if you'd like to connect or further the conversation, then can I encourage you to go to the group on Facebook called Mums Group Pod, and we'd love uh, to keep the conversation going there. Thank you so much for joining me. Just remember that you are the best mum on the planet because to your baby, you are. Bye. <laughs>